0: Coming up on this episode, we're going to jump right into the social chop in this generation rerun. And from fashion, music, TV, movies, and even racist presidents, everything is being recycled, perhaps over recycled. We're going to talk through it. Then we're going to move into the political chop because, yes, Donald Trump has been elected president. We'll talk through it and what that means for America and other reactions across the country. And then we're going to wrap it up with a very special guest in the reality chop. Uh, we have Jordan from the Black Wildflowers we're going to sit down and talk with Toya about mental health in the black community, social anxieties, and how disenfranchised groups will situate themselves inside a Trump presidency. And of course, you already know we got the dope music on deck. So, and make sure anyone any, want to submit music to us, you can send it to the chop up email at gmail.com. That once again is the chop up email at gmail.com. Holler at us, send us that dope stuff, and we'll put you on. Hey, we got a high episode coming for you. Stay tuned. This is the chop-up, this is the chop-up, this is the chop-up, and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest, Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G, and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gon' keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop-up should come off organically, cause on the mic, or on the phone, we have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media. And you can chop it up any day, cause you can us in any place, and then I say I was Cam G the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us. Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers, and this is a recording where no one can do it live. This is the chop
1: up. This is the chop up hey we're back it's another episode of the chop up you know what it is it's your girl Toya g what's going on cam g yo
0: what's going on glad to be here for the 12th time what's up people
1: absolutely listen uh it's about that time of the year where uh the year is about over (laughs) i don't
0: even know where it went like jeez
1: i'm Shocked every time we get together and talk because it feels like in between us connecting and vibing, so much life be happening. But like Thanksgiving yeah. is next week, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I don't even know what we are doing. We just I didn't to find out where the plates at when where I'm gonna bring my foil to. <laughs> Greens, <bring>.
1: green hams, <laughs> tomatoes, potatoes, dogs, hogs, mm-hmm. lambs. You been on? You been on the Shirley Caesar kick?
0: No, I haven't. I've been like You're, head to the to the ground lately. I I've 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 been ignoring stuff, not not seeing gotta, what's going on. Like you gotta like listen, put me on like right now. You made like, it, everything I've missed.
1: The you made it challenges out here hiding popping Um definitely a, a snippet from some sermon she had preached way back or some song she was on. Mm-hmm. Somebody had dug it up in terms of what you anticipating to be on the table. Hopefully what grandma cooked and it's like, I want I got beans, greens, hogs, fro- something. It's mm-hmm. wild, bro. But people dancing to it, remixing it. Uh doggone Chris Brown done dance to it. It's it's crazy. It's going out.
0: missing it then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's, you 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 go ahead. You, I, I'm gonna tell you to go ahead and find it. Some trends or some little yeah. stuff will come and go. And you be like, whatever. Go find the you made it, challenge because it's wild.
0: Yeah, I need to. I've been missing. I've been missing stuff. So let me go ahead and take note. But I mean,
1: don't... in the meantime, though, like, are you are you excited for Thanksgiving? How you feeling about it? You you is it? Do you usually get live around this time of the year? What's your mood like? What's your sentiment right now? How you feeling?
0: Uh, uh just I'm thankful like Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> but <laughs> really, really that's what it is. I am I'm, I'm really um I'll be thankful to just spend time with my people. You know, we just yeah. talking about everything, catching up. You know, you get on the grind so hard sometimes you people just miss each other and you know you get that time off from work and doing the everything thing and um get to just chill, eat some food, yeah. watch some football. We're gonna be watching the Cowboys. Oh, you watch yeah. Chiefs too, Oh, we ain't worry about them down here though. We we just worry about that that they star like, on that helmet. <laughs> they
1: never they never worry until it's too late, and that's fine. I too.
0: will I will say this though that the Chiefs have got very little coverage, so I, I've yeah. I've peeped I've peeped, peeped y'all out there. Then they switch. Then they get swapped. It's like they
1: flexible schedule. They got switched Yeah, y'all got flexed else, And so,
0: uh, I believe the Broncos game got flexed, so y'all yeah. gonna be in prime well, no, time.
1: We're playing the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. said the Broncos but I didn't
0: want to mention the Chiefs. But, nah.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm my just, gosh. I never man, expected that from you. I, did, I didn't go off. I'm on team Dak. Uh, what's his name? Dakota Prescott?
0: His name is Dak.
1: Dak. Dak. I, sorry. Didn't mean to put too much on it. Dak Prescott. I mean, I've seen some <laughs> some plays and some business moving around. Like, I ain't hey. hating on it. You don't have to come for my team like that.
0: Yeah, hey, it just – I don't know. I think it's the Colors. I just never really mm. rock with the colors out there. It just That's I fine. went, and I've actually been to a game of Arrowhead, and it, it was just mm. it was bad on my eyes, just all that red. Mm. It was oh, just... it
1: was bad on your eyes. Well, I'm thankful. You know what I'm thankful. For?
0: <laughs> we was talking about being thankful. I'm thankful you know for I'm my thankful cowboys. For? <laughs>
1: I'm thankful for my haters. I'm thankful for my team's haters. I don't know where they um, are. Hey, it sounds like it's on the other end of the <laughs> podcast. But what we will do, <laughs> all right, all right. um, in the spirit of thankfulness and really honestly, because I'm thankful for you. Is that um, you and I together are about to just go ahead and jump inside of this show one time. You ready to do it?
0: Let's do it. Let's do
1: it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump into the social (laughs) chat. All right. So as we look at the year you know it's about the, that time 2016 is coming to a close we mm-hmm. could definitely take some time and, and and I think even right now start reflecting on some of the highs and lows some of the interesting things that have happened um, over this year and just recently you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. in terms of life living society pop culture in general um, but I, I kind of feel like we're caught in what I'm calling generation rerun a little bit. And right, right. I feel a bunch of different ways about it. Some good, some interesting. But what do you what's your take on it? Like generation rerun. You feel like we've running a lot of things back these days?
0: Oh, most most definitely. Like uh I'm just noticing things coming back. It's like kinda subtle and it's it's all coming at you know, at once now. You know, you just have the Nintendo NES come out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, sold out real quick. You know, Nintendo's real smart about you know only putting a little bit of product out. You know, creating this high demand, and you got, you know, you got chokers. Then came back. You know, you got it's like the necklaces. You know, I don't know what they were. I, I they always scared me when I was younger. Like <laughs> the people that wore, them, I, was, I was like, uh. I don't know why you wear that. Where, where did you neck.
1: see? Where did you see choker necklaces at though? Where, where are you seeing this
0: at? Just, I'm seeing you know, them, just, I'm seeing them general. I've I've seen them out and about. Um, I've seen them on social media. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm seeing them mean, like. Well, that them? was that was a thing when we were younger, but now it just came yeah. out of nowhere. Like not to say it was bad, but him, I always felt weird about them. That's yeah, like like nineties yeah. fashion too. And I was always but, weird with that time. So
1: think about it though like a whole lot a whole lot of fashion like old school fashion is like yeah. in like it's very interesting and here's what's interesting to me in thinking about the rotation of fashion mm-hmm. it's not even that people are like going back to like the 70s or like the 30s or like whatever people going straight to it's something about the 90s that is really just like yeah. went to this generation like it's something really about 90s culture 90s kind of swag you see they didn't go back to the early 2000s people ain't really bagging it up real quick and nothing like that or That's, they are but they're doing it with like a really 90s kind of feel to it it's, mm-hmm. it's it's weird i mean i loved it i was thriving in the 90s that was a great time for yeah, me yeah it was funky um, it was fresh was it was fat the, it was all that yeah i was you know <laughs> flexing on the playground near you it was nothing do you feel me And the latest rugrats attire like yeah. was happening like it mm-hmm. wasn't really a problem shout so, out to tommy Feel me and Angelica was that deal, but also Susie mm. really let you know who was running business, black yeah. on the block she did come through
0: like voice. that voice was it was it was whew, she came through Suzy, wrecking. Suzy Carmichael came through about re- Suzy Car- listen came through wrecking
1: boy look, boy, look. <laughs> look, look with that little rasp sounding wrong Yeah yeah it was like she, yeah. was, she was five she was three just hello Um don't get me started I'm dying <laughs> Um, my Shiro, but it's just all that, all of that. Yes. Pepper, yeah. look. Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons. One Saturday morning, like uh, the nineties were beautiful. We Don't bring me it. Me. We bringing it all back. List. Listen, Are you what they
0: bring it? They bringing some shows back. They got Power Rangers movie coming out.
1: Bro, do you know I'm gonna be the first one at um, March 24th, 2017,
0: at a theater? Oh,
1: um, I didn't know. like somewhere around here, I'm a beater beating down the door.
0: Ah, uh, Power, Power Rangers. Ranger yeah.
1: Well, I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: That's, but, it's everything. You got, uh, what else you got? A Tribe Call, got? a Tribe Call Quest just came out with an album. Yeah. Um, I did listen, I think I listened to most of it when I was in the gym and I was, I was vibing was it? to it. Like, yeah, like, I've never really, like, I've always respected, um, the art, you know, from that time because I know a Tribe Call Quest and they La Soul, you know, had some ties and I was kind of, when I was like going back through the musical, musical history and was getting hip to them, I was like, okay, I see the, I definitely see how this influenced so many rappers, but I never really just, you know, just listened to it every day. But this one right here, I'm, I'm really, I'm really liking right now. So I'm definitely going to give it, you know, a few more, a few more runs. And then they, and then I saw the performance on Saturday Night Live, which I never watched. And only reason I watched it was, was because Dave Chappelle was on. Right, and he had me dying. Well,
1: I mean, SNL. I ain't gonna lie. Like before we jump on Dave, though, they was holding it down for the elections. Like, let's not get it twisted. Oh. They had some great, great uh, election commentary coverage, stick mm. stand up, uh, whatever you call them things. They was hit
0: the live skits. You know, the who was the one of the ball ones was playing Trump, and then um, yeah, I I'm not sure if her name was doing Hillary, but she she was killing. Boy, both of them was really killing it.
1: Major performances. Yeah. But back to what you was talking about, uh your boy Dave Chappelle had oh, a
0: whole opening. He opened up a show, right? Yeah, monologue, cussing, saying whatever he wanted to say. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm I'm with it. Like it was it was really good and refreshing to see uh Dave Chappelle back on T V and then yeah. you know, if you watched it he brought back some of the old characters and And, you know, that was funny. He
1: did a skit. He brought back the old characters and he did a skit with, uh, with, uh, Chris Rock.
0: And with with Chris Rock. Yes. Reacting to all the, (laughs) all the white people reacting to the election coverage. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was hilarious to me too. Cause I I feel like that was, that was right on point. So, you know, we got, we got a little bit of, uh, reruns coming from everywhere. I'm hoping Dave Chappelle come back.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I really that I, I wish he never left. I understand why he did. Decisions had to be made. Mm-hmm. A stand had to be taken. But I definitely hope he can come back and jump back in the driver's seat. Of a lot of, I mean, I, no no dish and no shade to the Kevin Hart's of the world. You know what I'm saying? But I just think it's a different brand of comedy that I really do have yes. a, a appreciation for. I yes. think it has its pocket in the world the same way. Um, your your Kevin Hart's and your Cat Williams is and your whomever else you want to bring up. Have their place. We definitely need our Dave Chappelle back for oh, sure. Oh yeah, that period. was
0: that was needed. I'm like, I'm just hoping it was enough to bring him back. You, were, you, you know, back, it was a, a YouTube show, a YouTube show. I be, you know, I subscribe, whatever. What's up, Dave?
1: Oh, it, it was a time you couldn't tell me nothing about Dave Chappelle and yeah. uh, the Boondocks.
0: Yeah, coming on around that the same it. time, like
1: that was a great two piece. You
0: all your social commentary and yeah, you know, all that. But jokes. what was
1: you? <laughs> I mean, and, and fresh, relevant, like, just masterful. And music, like, great mm-hmm. music. Like, at the end of the show, like, mm-hmm. no, no shows don't really do that no more. Like, yeah. at the end of the show, just having a jam session where I think I seen Luda perform at the end of it, Kanye perform mm-hmm. at the end of the show. A, a child card Quest. A child card Quest perform at the end of the show. The Roots perform at the end of the show. Like, mm. just... Raw, amazing Wu Tang. Of course, yeah. the Wu Tang Clan performing at the end of the show. Wu Tang um, Clan ain't none to fuck with. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm glad I hit that. <laughs> uh,
1: that reminds me of like just the race, the race draft. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. As one of the skits or, the skits or whatever, but just oh, I missed Dave Chappelle. I'm happy he back around. Been, it made me
0: it made me think of all that though, like tying it all with just the whole rerun thing, like Dave Chappelle made me feel like just with everything else I've been feeling like with the power rings coming out, the Nintendo, yeah. the, the chokers, like all that. What the race, the racist that stuff, the racist uh, the racist presidents. That too. <laughs> you know, it's like
1: we, we gotta cycle them back in, you know. <laughs> Barack Obama, to come back, but why? it came back. You, honey, look, I read, and I don't, honestly, I don't want to give, um, I don't, I don't believe this. And so I don't want to feed too much into it because I think it is misleading, particularly based on what we saw in the election Mm -hmm. or from the results of the election, which we'll get to in a minute. But a lot of people said that, you know, this, these outcomes of these politics were like the last gasp of white, conservative, neoliberal, affluent masculinity. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm, that's a very interesting way to look at it. You know, the our society, the numbers don't lie, is getting more and more diverse by every second. So, like, is this really the last kind of hurrah we have from racist establishment and racist institution before an insurgence happens? And for a second I believed it, but I don't really know. I think we'll continue to run back and recycle and cycle through a whole bunch more racist people before we end up being tired of it in this country.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I, th- I think you may be on to something there. I I, I was kind of leaning, I'm still leaning towards it, but towards like this paradigm shift, you know, with this, this, you know, super diverse group that's, you know, coming of age and, Mm -hmm. you know, the old age, you know, being ushered out. Uh, But they, they just not going to just go away though. So. I mean, but I
1: think one of the things we find surprising is that, yeah, this generation and these new youngins and. These kids is loving, accepting, and, and, and kumbaya in and way more than ever before. But it's some, still some outliers. There's still some people who stand tough and, and, and really being indignant about their bigotry and their lack of a desire to really integrate. And they want to continue to inherit the same privilege and social positioning as their parents had and don't really want to give up a whole bunch of stuff. So I don't want to give them that much credit. I think especially particularly when like the young voter base well and they did overwhelmingly vote for um hillary, hillary. over uh donald trump but i just i don't know i'm not ready to, to give them that much credit yet because i think not
0: is that healthy I mean, distrust
1: liberal, liberalism is still shady as hell too you know yeah, what i'm saying like yeah. i think one of the things people forget to do when they criticize donald trump is to also criticize the liberalism attached to hillary clinton which is why i feel great and super guilt-free about the fact that I did not vote for a presidential candidate. You know what I'm saying? We talked about that on the last show. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the spirit of nostalgia, one of the things I was not trying to live back that I was not trying to have deja vu about was uh, this, the, the status quo of American politics or this phenomena, this phenomenological, uh, form of politics that Donald Trump was trying to bring that is just super extremist in its own way mm-hmm. and in its own right while it's attempting to deal with the extremism that exists in society, whether it be, uh, the way that, uh, money is spent for social services or the way that black people are trying to be liberated or the way that we just liberally allow, uh, uh, um, immigrants and people to run the country, right? Though the, the conservative people in the world think that those are extremist views well actually mm-hmm. no donald trump is an extremist the cons i won't say the conservative popular party because there are some conservatives who are just freaking done with donald trump and everything that he's done but a lot of the people who are in line with him are extremists in their own rights in one some way shape form or fashion right they agree mm-hmm. that black people are super predators that's a mm-hmm extremist kind of position on on the issue right. they believe that we need to build a wall in some capacity right mm. they believe um, the lies that are being told about how wealth is distributed in this country these are mm. all uh, very extremist understandings of the way that the system functions and the way that particular people are targeted based on what you understand about those systems and so you got that option or you got the closet racist supremacist mm. uh, capitalist liberalist uh, neoliberalist <laughs> Hillary Clinton, and it's just like you lose either way it goes. So I didn't vote for nobody because I didn't want to relive that part of history by any means. I wanted to play my role in not repeating um, that particular part of history because I'm not nostalgic. I don't yearn for another mm. Clinton presidency, and I don't yearn for um, slavery again either. <laughs> so yeah,
0: great again. You vote for Donald
1: Trump, right?
0: We're not trying to bring that back, but stuff Whatever seems to be means. keep keep coming back.
1: <laughs> I'm over it. However, um, so the presidents were not trying to relive. Here's mm. my issue, or here's my my kind of is this a problem? I'm gonna ask you, is this an issue? Okay. In terms of this generation rerun, like how we continue to run things back, when we listen to music, I feel like it's not a lot of originality no more. Like either we get real hmm. stale, uh, lackluster, non-innovative ABCDEFG music or we get music with beats and samples and stuff that we've already heard um yeah. so i feel like in, in in some ways in some capacities music has lost its touch i think because of the general reliance on beats and melodies and a whole bunch of stuff that's already existed yeah agree or disagree
0: i mean music has always relied on samples from from other artists and composers and all that so i, I think that that i don't think that's anything new but but it like i definitely it, like, you, it, you like, yearn but you yearn for you know that that advancement of of you know of of music of the art so even, I, I feel you on that i definitely feel you on that but i mean that's the part so of
1: that is a great example like okay. you had to pull back and go get monica stuff like mm-hmm. the uh even the the you the you made it challenge uh we was talking about with shirley caesar that's half an old video somebody dug up and ran back like it's just a whole bunch of old stuff so no creativity cycled in i don't but i don't know i don't want to say that's not creative like i'm really Mm. i'm in a weird place with it because it's dope to go take something that we thought we had beat to death and listened to to death and overstood and you know wore out and really just appreciate it for all we possibly could and then you took it and put some most like on it like oh okay this, this is completely different like
0: uh juju on the beat
1: like juju on the beat which is the same <laughs> as uh dog on crime mob like oh my goodness it's <laughs> the, the same levels are endless <laughs> it is the same beat and i thought that was me until somebody was like no that's crime mob uh, <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay well yeah, yeah. that was middle that was middle school, thank you, yeah, early high school for us,
0: thank you for running that back,
1: yeah, I think that was early high school for us, but um like mm-hmm. i I just don't know, I don't know how to feel about it then you have these movies where like instead of just coming out with new plots and new movies are coming up with better movies, I feel like movies are generally pretty terrible, like. <laughs> across the board like movies have been generally bad and maybe it's just me being overly judgmental but I think the reason why is because they come out with a third fourth and fifth and sixth version of a movie half the time but I'm like there's no other ways you can do this
0: I use a superhero movie for example uh yes. Spider-Man Goodness like, like damn Tobey Maguire was terrible but okay then we, we got the other cat we barely got used to and then we got the new one that they didn't put in the last movie it's like Goodness like versus. damn yeah y'all, y'all good how we many gonna bad have, fans? we gonna
1: have
0: you know ben affleck like that's whatever and then <laughs> what they ran back uh ghostbusters was i didn't see i do want to see but i wasn't like, like a huge ghostbuster fan anyway
1: i mean but air to the ground it's not like we ain't really mm, missed nothing like yeah, the biggest I mean, story that came out of that was the ridicule and the racist over and under terms, uh, regarding that. What's her name? Leslie, Leslie Jones, Leslie Jones. And so that was the biggest story that came out of that. But outside of that, the general, uh, critical, uh, analysis of it was that it was pretty trash. Yeah. And what, what is difficult to, and you know, this kind of critical frame that I have on and this social understanding I have on, it makes me wonder if it was really that bad, um, Or if it was because it was women leading those roles that made it bad, or if it was women leading those roles, that I definitely really think kinda, that
0: had something to do with it. Because when they even you, announced the cast, they was you know people was you know online talking no. shit, so hating
1: on it. And you so know. I don't want to I don't want to put that past you know the people who are analyzing things. Mm-hmm. But I like I just things get beaten to the ground like it's a million different um, what is it Uh, what is that movie? Want to play a game? what's
0: that called
1: saw saw it's a million saws it's a million uh is it more than one perch and like three four yeah
0: purges. yeah um you got a bunch a of trapped bunch in the of... closets <laughs>
1: definitely <laughs> um what other movies are there the, the medias have to stop
0: i didn't even know they was c- coming out with one and it was the number oh, one yeah. film it was a number one thanks
1: for things for like for um for Halloween. Like, what are you doing? What is the point? And mm-hmm. I didn't watch it and I don't plan on seeing it and I don't care. But why do you keep you? have He did it. I'm what over, you did. It. I'm over it. I was like, that's um, son of a God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over repeating through shit over and over again. I think the only thing that I can appreciate about uh the things that have been recycled Honestly, I won't say the only thing, but one of the things I've appreciated the most is uh, my haircuts. Now, you know I do my little barber mm. thing on the side, or used to. Really, I don't do mm-hmm. it a whole lot anymore. Every now and again, I did get down with an edge up, or somebody needs an emergency haircut. When barber, I had hair. You got you covered. Listen, I had you. We did our thing. I, it, was it was good. It was, I, rem- I appreciate you. I, I love
0: it. I remember those I times.
1: <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot. During those times, um, though I really gained an appreciation for just black men their hair how they deal with it the creativity the versatility in it and so i've definitely appreciated seeing a lot of these different haircuts and hairstyles come back even on black women right that's what i was gonna say i like of, the, the black yeah, women haircuts fly definitely I, the poetic justice braids I, mm-hmm. the box braids the crochets the shoot yeah. i've been seeing finger waves i've been seeing it all so mm-hmm. i think on both sides just black hairstyles on the, oh, they're beautiful, and I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it makes me wonder. Like, first of all, how the heck did we get so doggone creative? Because a lot of these cuts and styles is just like, man, mm-hmm. black people art. know how to whip up some hair. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm
0: That's in our that's in our nature.
1: I mean, just a steady hand yeah. to do them edge ups and to do them parts that's mm-hmm. in people's heads half the time, and uh, I'm just like, gee, like I, I'm enamored yeah, half it's the an time. Art. A lot it's of these an boxes. art. It's sh- an art. And underappreciated art, like it's mm-hmm. a science. Like I see, I know you've seen them memes. It's like boy hairline be so straight, he should have been an astrophysicist <laughs> or something like that. You or know, know be like, what like
0: let me but get a some some some. Oh, say no more. You know, but
1: you know that. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you come up with it, but you know that structural oppression. Yeah. You know, kept us out of the classroom. We mm-hmm. had to go to barber school and get a barber's license. But it's yeah. neither here nor there. Hey. Um, we're making passports yeah. It's all know.
0: connected. Put them on I, game. Put them on game.
1: Listen, and so it's it, it, we don't sleep here on the chop up, we connecting dots always already. It Sleeps is like three in the
0: already. morning right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah, I'm, but, I'm bushing.
1: Hey, it's <laughs> getting it's creeping, the time is creeping. Hey, it's late. We <laughs> we all good mostly because I think our ability to pull back to our past and really allow it to you know pay our futures and path create a path to our futures. I mean, has been what we do as black people, you know what I'm saying? I think. It's wild. This makes me think of the concept of Sankofa, which mm. it's like, if you're familiar with like, uh, like black notions of existence and being right in black history, you look at this, I think it's an Egyptian symbol, which is like this bird whose body is facing one direction, but his head is facing back or mm-hmm. turning back. And it's the idea of building on progress and moving forward by depending on the wisdom and things that have happened before, you know, these moments. And so I, I think, you know, even with culture, we see, you know, People in general repeat history. Yeah. Um, but I I think what we've seen too is that some black people do it better, you know, <laughs> like yeah. killing again. Some of the yeah, some of the best parts of nineties history, some of that nineties swag, a lot of that flavor. Um, and even shoot the militants and the activism from before that, um, has been on the comeback. And so I've been happy to just see some of that same spirit of resistance and power mm-hmm. pop back up um on our generation and our society so that we can start standing up for ourselves in a way that our our forefathers and our foremothers uh did before us. Hey, you did.
0: Yeah, I dig it.
1: It's a whole thing. Uh generation rerun. I guess it's alright. It ain't really a bad thing.
0: Except the president thing, but you know.
1: Except for the plus except for the president thing. We, yeah. I want a recount or something. <laughs> I don't know what I want. I want to be free. Mm-hmm. Marcus Garvey, come get me. Take me home. Yeah. Uh <laughs> on the
0: Black Star?
1: Please <laughs> Please, Jesus. Swing low, sweet chariot. I don't know. But real quick, let's go ahead. Before we even jump into the political chop, let's play some music. we go on jam real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, y'all, coming up on the Chop Up is a good friend of mine representing the east side of Kansas City, Missouri. When I tell y'all we go back, we go way back. He goes by the name of Raleigh, and this song is called Wig Split. Now, here you'll see his relaxed flow, his gritty lyrics, and his natural gift of floating around the beat. If you don't believe me, check out verse 2. It's featuring City Watts and it's on the project called The Steeds, which you can find on SoundCloud. What's the SoundCloud? It's Riley, PMP, R-I-L-E-Y, on SoundCloud.com. Right now, y'all, check it out. It's about to get real. This is called Wig Split. I smoke
2: both don't pass me no papers. papers. We, we in the hills. Hollywood, Hollywood,
3: California. Uh, I really got them problems cause my niggas saw my niggas. Shouts out to my plug A lot of drugs when I fly in the mall I just came to Cali and this shit feels awesome I start talking shit Cause I might just catch a lawsuit Get the rat for the base, I'm addicted, honest. It's two sands in my Fanta, I'm addicted, honest. I'm never fucking up the count, so precise with numbers. Never running out of weed. We smoking out them onions. I'm headed back to my trap. I know that shit been jumping. It's 300, for oh, they know my shit is thunder. Foreign women sniffing coke. I tell her, take my number. Houses in the hills with my nigga Donald. Private reserves, we roll it in the fronto. Making all these plays, trying not to fumble. LA. World full of fakes, trying to stay humble. humble. Wax on the weed that make them blunts bubble. blunts bubble. Keep on talking shit, and you gon' get, 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 you get your fucking wrist split. Pull up with my
2: niggas, I'm just tryna hit a quizzler. Popping off in the get your fucking wrist you split. Hey, you know Hey, watch the business, it's money over bitches. I'm I'm probably dipping all off in your sex and chasing tickets. Running through these bundles with my plug. I told them Cindy niggas fucking up the numbers. I should slug them where he did I hustle for a living. What you know about this lifestyle? Still cooking cabbie, even though I put the white down. Fucking with these packs. I think I feel like watching white now. Always pipe down, cause little niggas scared to fight now. I don't like Clown. Pussy boy, you need a nightgown. Brody hit my phone, he need a half a thing like right now. All I got is zones, but I could try to keep the price down. Just holler at my bro, you got the dough. I pull up right now. Never ice down, but I got nice up in my pocket. Fuck around and met the plug and got connected like a socket. Ay, niggas running off, I got perfected with this rocket. Heavy metal when I'm rocking, fuddy you sucking niggas plotting. Keep on talking. You yo, get your fucking hot music. Pull up with my I'm just trying to a quiz
0: appreciate the submissions y'all remember to hit us up at the chop up email at gmail.com appreciate the love appreciate you sending it in keep on sending anyone put some keep on putting some dope music on air but we're gonna go ahead and jump jump into the political chop now america has collectively said what the fuck you know (laughs) and donald trump is the president-elect of these United States of America and so how how are you feeling like about that? How are you digesting that or how have you seen people feeling digesting about that? What's what's going on?
1: I mean, I'm disgusted. <laughs> but I'm disgusted. <laughs> I mean, but it's like unsurprisingly disgusted. Like I'm grossed out and I'm really sad because mm. It's not only Donald Trump, but it's a long line of institutional alignment with everything that is wrong about this country that really makes it scary. Like, it wasn't just mm. the fact that Donald Trump won. That's bad enough in and of itself. He's chosen a lot of problematic people to be a part of his cabinet and to be a part of the administration. very troubling. Like, and so, again, disgusting. But it's like, yo, people are like, yo, Donald Trump ain't gonna be able to stand for that. Somebody gonna sneak up on him and assassinate him. Mm. Sure. Somebody's like, "Oh, it's cool. He got these cases in court. Da 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 da. He's gonna get convicted of sexual assault or charged of sexual assault or convicted, rather. No. Nope. He's not. Been, has he been charged? No. Nope. Uh, whatever. But sure. Here's my thing. Sure. Whatever the status of his legal issues is, whatever the outcome is, say for instance, they get him out of office for one reason or another, you still have a army, an army, a line of even worse. Republicans and conservatives behind him, ready to hold up the vanguard it's and to stand.
0: It's like he planned the, it.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, like Y'all kick me out.
0: You won't have your boy Pence.
1: He, listen, and Mike Pence is even worse. He's the person who's the political strategist, who knows how to get legislation through, who has the relationships, who has the, the political credibility. He's more dangerous than Donald Trump. And so... It, like, what do you do? The the House and the Senate is Republican. Right. There are thirty nine out of fifty Republican governors. Uh, he's about to appoint the next Supreme Court justice, who will very likely be very scathingly, yeah, uh, conservative. So affects everybody. I, that's bottom to the top. No matter who you, no matter which direction you look in, it's red coats coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the funniest meme I've seen on this it was is like. This mean that's like every version of the Red Ranger, and they're like, "This is what uh, American politics look like right now," and it's just like, it's like every 15 version of the Red Ranger. Red, it's like fifteen Red Rangers online. Uh, nah,
0: that's serious. And that
1: basically re- represents our government. That is like, serious. That is front, and it, it tickled me, and it made me laugh, but it was so it was a scary reality to kind of come to terms with this fact that um there are little glimpses of hope for a lot of the more progressive ideas and expectations that a lot of people have in this country particularly following eight years of barack obama and so now we got four with trump at least four because at least with all this power in hey. the house and the senate what it's gonna take to change any of this is he's gonna have to lose Excuse me. He's gonna have to mess up, rather, and they're gonna have to get tired of him. Because if they don't Mm -hmm. get tired of him, and Lord forbid he start doing stuff that white fuck white, um, he's gonna stay and be relevant and get another term, and that's gonna be eight years. We we should just plan on on
0: him being there, you know, for now. Uh, I don't think Um. he's going nowhere. We under, I feel like we underestimated, or maybe yeah, underestimated the fact that he could be elected. Because we, I think we all just was were believing that it was gonna be Hillary. And that was just kind of the undertones of the conversations you would have around about yeah. people. So I think we
1: I mean every single party, every I think everybody was shocked in the party. Donald but, Trump and them. Yeah I was seeing in you, I mean, and I was listening to CNN the nights of uh, the night that the election results were coming in, and they were talking about the different camps, you know, Hillary camp versus Donald Trump camp, and kind of the moves and sentiments there. And at first, they were talking about how vibrant and lively it was uh, to. Uh, be around the Hillary supporters and to be around the campaign and the, and the party and everybody was up and lively and having a good time and then a couple hours later it was somber and sullen and people started crying and the exact opposite was happening mm. over at Donald Trump headquarters. That was in their lit.
4: Mm-hmm. When it turned
1: up to the max. Oh, I yeah. was just like, oh okay. Um, That's starting to tell went me a off. whole lot. <laughs> I believe it.
0: She went off. I believe
1: it. I mean, when you get caught by surprise, that's what it is. And she blames a whole lot of these issues on um, the FBI investigation that was opened up. And I think it was the investigator Homely, Comely, um, mm-hmm. or FBI director Comely, um, opened up that investigation again. And I really do feel like that was a death knell. Um, In a lot of ways, it brought back a lot of issues that I think people were massaging away, tensions that they were trying to forget about, trying to be optimistic about things, particularly in the face of the Donald Trump grabbing by the pussy videos Mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. They were really just like, okay, we can't do this. Um, But I I feel like for some people, it took them into uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and they were just like, oh my God, she's terrible. We can't do this at all. Um, Yeah. And that was it like i really feel like people had some negative flashbacks from that it was like "Mm -mm, never again we can't trust her. we can't do it benghazi um goldman Mm. sachs um say no more not her i'm not with her and they were willing to stick to that particularly apparently uh white women uh who were leading the pack
0: that was surprising i was i was really really surprised about that like okay white ladies
1: as much as they wanted to I thought they wanted to make history and hooray, mm-hmm. hooray. maybe it wasn't Maybe it, I don't know if maybe I can't tell whether it is that we're not ready as a society and women as a, as a society are not ready to move forward mm-hmm. and so they didn't elect her because it's just not time. and they we're, we're, we give too much credit to social consciousness for feminism or feminism mm-hmm. and how they work or whether they just really wasn't banging with Hillary Clinton it's hard to really figure that part out like was it her it wasn't what she represented and you really are fine with being subordinate to men and their ability to dictate not only you who you are what you're able to do but your body as a living organism on this planet i couldn't separate the two
0: or they were just sticking with their men i don't know
1: but they outvoted their men yeah. <laughs> like that was the surprising part yeah so- but
0: they i don't know it's those are the more, you know, more emphatic supporters. You know, were the were the white men that that you would see and hear about, True. and you know all that. True. So I was when I saw that I was kind of thinking that too. Saying, well, maybe they they took the lead of the, of the men on this when they saw how passionate they were about it, or how how fiery they were about it. All right, all right let me let me go ahead and rock rock with them this time.
1: Uh, I suppose. Um, <laughs> way, I mean, it was just I one know. of those things.
0: I'm like, I was just really. I was, I was surprised to see that as far as the results. So it made me think, like, you know, all type of stuff, but that one in particular.
1: Well, I like. I again, I think it gives us more and more reason, particularly me as a black woman, but also mm-hmm. people in general, people who understand or trying to understand feminisms uh, more and more support when they say like we are reasonably skeptical and have a healthy amount of skeptical for these things called feminism, because mm-hmm. generally feminism denotes white feminism and this notion of equality and equal access. And the equal right to thrive and grow and do whatever is largely contingent on personal self-serving needs. And so Mm -hmm. what that tells me, particularly when white women play such an integral role in their familial units, is that they're doing what they're doing and what they have to do to protect themselves and their own, the same way white men have done historically, structurally and institutionally to protect their own. Now they're Mm -hmm. playing their part in preserving whiteness Mm -hmm. and white supremacy. Like, that is really the bottom line of it. And it's the only thing that we can really call it and that's why it's so important that we have to, to for us to get out of this language of solely racism and only explaining the dynamics of racism and really get to understanding anti-blackness as it exists because a whole lot of the way things have existed even though these issues are not or have not been tied up in raciality ha- are able to be explained by anti-blackness right by the mm. the, the the systematic uh establishing of objects versus subjects, people with power versus subordinates and how those relationships play out in a bunch of different dynamics. And it ends up valuing and privileging individuals like white women in systems and structures and institutions like the United States federal government and the United States of America. It just does. Mm. But I'm not going to get too heavy. I'm not going (laughs) to preach no more. Um, What I will say is that the other side of this issue? Mm-hmm. Um, outside of what we saw with white women and white men and how they voted and how they came out in droves to support Donald Trump, is we had this other side of white yeah. people, right? These incensed white people who were just utterly pissed off and taken aback.
0: That's why I kept running the into of
1: Donald Trump. Yeah, like more, more so. Like it's a lot of the Trump supporters were quiet, very sneaky and very (laughs) silent about their support, Mm. and then as our election results came in, some of them got a little bit more indignant, but it's still a whole bunch of whispering Trump supporters out there.
4: Yeah.
0: However,
1: what we heard a whole lot more of is these other people, right?
0: Yeah, I almost, like, found myself telling them to hang in there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What you mean? Like, I was, uh, (laughs) Like I wanna be like, hang in there, sport, you know, it'd be all right. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: <laughs> Cause it was down in the dumps, I tell you.
0: Yeah, like, uh, I was it was and it was white women, I. Like, these are just passing conversations that just around me. I'm like, you know, people everywhere are talking about the election, so Oh man, that was that was uh something that they were talking about, like, you know, the 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 hate crimes are starting now. I'm like I was just, you know, rolling my eyes like, "Are you kidding me?" Like now they're starting. No, they, they, now they have been here. So it just, yeah, it it made me more aware than I already was that you know white people ain't they ain't even they ain't seen nothing. They ain't they, ready. Not
1: nah. they not <laughs> they, ready. They, they not ain't ready. Seen
0: nothing like
1: like. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. It, there's definitely a moment, a period, rather, of mourning, of sadness amongst myself amongst other people of color i know uh against other marginalized individuals i know because it's not just people of color who are affected by his decisions uh queer identifying individuals mm-hmm. uh, are definitely highly impacted by his decisions um not to mention disabled people people with various uh, abilities in their bodies who were mocked and ridiculed mm-hmm. um by his words and by his interaction with them in the media like a lot of different Um, marginalized people in general, poor people, black people, brown people, uh, Muslims, Mexicans, uh, the entire entire Latino population, like, just generally and categorically done wrong by him, but um, white people, it seemed to sting them a whole lot harder, a whole lot more, so much so that they really went out and started to endeavor to, like, do stuff like starting to wear safety pins. Uh, Have you heard about this? What do you know about the safety pins?
0: I don't think I know about the safety pins. I ignored it. I just saw a bunch of oh. white people doing it. And right, right. And I just was like, oh, me, just keep moving.
1: Here's the key Damn. thing. You saw a bunch of white people doing it, and you seen nobody else doing that shit. Yeah, I didn't
0: see no black people <laughs> doing it or talking about it. So I was like, oh, they ain't got nothing to do with me. So.
1: That should be your first indication that it's full of shit, which it is, right? I didn't so-
0: know it had nothing to do with the yeah so I didn't I ain't no shit
1: (laughs) so there's a meme floating around um and also there was this whole movement it was cute for like two days until really I saw it and got glimpses of it before the criticisms of it started wait wait what is
0: it it? what is it
1: okay let me go back Yeah. so the pen the pen in and of itself the safety pen white people have been or I'm sorry allies of oppressed peoples have Mm, been encouraged to put this right let me stand back and make sure I'm (laughs) speaking appropriately about the people involved. So um, people with power, privileged individuals, are to wear these safety pins on their bodies as like a silent representation of the fact that they're an ally, that they are safe, that they are someone who um, will stand up for individuals who stand, who you know, believes in the rights and equality of everybody who... Um, Has not stood by idly and allowed the system to be our problematic and messed up. And basically, Uh, it's um, an outward gesture of like I'm here for you, uh, like I'm with you, um, and I stand with you. What's what's the phrase? We didn't. What? What? We didn't.
0: We didn't come for them. You know, we didn't. We didn't send for them. What? Oh yeah, don't listen that whole thing. uh, But you know what I'm saying? Do not
1: come for me unless I've sent for you. (laughs) (laughs) And we they weren't sent for.
0: Oh, that's crazy.
1: And but no, actually, I say the, the, I, I oh. think the contrary is true though. I think they were sent for, and mm-hmm. in place of being sent for, they were sent fucking safety pins and shit. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, that's not what you, you stupid. Yeah,
1: that is terrible. That's crazy. That is terrible. I, um, that makes. Yeah, what was you about to say?
0: Because when you were when you were giving me the rundown, with they, I remember you sent me uh, a message. I don't remember what it was. It was some type of form, and it was talking about. Some someone white people were trying to be allies and were trying to confront someone that was being was it verbally abusive do you remember what i'm talking yeah, about yeah
1: so it was a facebook post okay and, okay um a friend of mine posted it and was like hey so i have this dilemma i re- really like to know what i should do in the event that i am witnessing uh somebody being like harassed and being problematically engaged like on some racist shit. So he was like, I was in this gas station and uh the person in front of me was talking their interaction with the attendant before he they actually started their interaction though, the gas attendant like spoke on his phone in his, whatever his native his native language was. Mm-hmm. And so the guy who was at the register was like, Hey, you know, hang up talking in your language and shit like that. Like we in America now you gotta speak English. Um, mm. Donald Trump is the president and mm. it was really kind of appalling and startling and so my homeboy is just sitting there he's in the cuts, he's not really saying anything and he didn't know what to do because it was like I don't want to be a bystander in this situation but I also don't want to accelerate it in a way that is problematic Right. now so he's like what should I do? The comments start flowing in, he's a white man so more white people start chiming in and, and giving advice and at first like I felt warm and tingly because we've been demanding that white people get, get like, what is it? Right. Like, get your mans. Right. Like, get your mans. Like, mm-hmm. go holler at them. And so I, I enjoy white people being in the conversation and being a part of the comments like, yo, uh, you should be doing this. And that's unacceptable. And this is some bullshit. And blase, blase. And cool. Like, they were just, like, really upset about the fact that this person experienced uh, this. And you know, had zero tolerance for it. But here's mm-hmm. when the pivot came. And here's where I was like, let me slow down mm-hmm. with my congratulations for these white people. And that's because every comment was like, oh, this is so terrible. We should never let this happen. But I don't know what I would do if it turned physical. Yeah, or,
0: that's oh, what it was. That's what it was. This is works.
1: so bad. This is so terrible. But I, I wouldn't know how to respond or I, I wouldn't want to accelerate it to the point where somebody was targeting me or wanted to get mad at me and I was like this is that bullshit
0: that's that bullshit
1: this is, this is that bullshit this man was being berated mm-hmm. for doing what he knows to do and what he probably came out of the womb on this earth to do or what he was told to do and how he was told to speak to communicate with the people who love and cherish him the most that really make his life worth living that give him a quality of life that are his network are his people that he vibes with and connects with on a personal and intimate basis probably people who influence the business that he's doing Mm -hmm. or at the very least make him the person that he is the person able to push the button and turn your damn gas on in the first place so what makes me mad is the audacity for some people to sit back and like not think about his life being on the line in that moment and the fact that he doesn't get the chance to negotiate whether Mm -hmm. or not it'll cause him bodily harm to interact with this man and say what he has to say to defend himself Mm -hmm. like that's privilege right there Man. You trying to figure out how to get turned to come to terms with your privilege? You can save your little Dollar Tree uh, safety pins for somebody else, save them for your clothes. Well, if
0: it gets physical, like
1: when you, huh?
0: They, uh, now I'm just saying, like, I'm sorry, I was just kind of repeating what you said, like, you know, when it gets physical, that's 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 the line, like, oh, can't can't cross that one.
1: But our bodies have been on the line from Jump Street, and our bodies have been what made us uh, what. Without getting too much into the theory, like what made us nothing but flesh, mm-hmm. what made us not real humans, <clears throat> but something to be bartered, bartered and traded and sold and used as a resource and raped and pillaged and taken over and abused and overused, and is the fact that you just see us as bodies. Mm-hmm. You don't see yourself as a body that can be abused and beat on or whatever. It's something to be pres- preserved. It's something to be considered and be thought about. But not everybody gets the luxury. Of being like, oh, but what if I get hit?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, but what if somebody gets mad enough to slap the shit out of me? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it just happens to us. And it's always just happened to us.
0: I mean, it, it was good to see that in, a, in that forum. Like, when you see me there, I was like, oh, well, well, there it is. You know, if it gets physical, we, we know where our allies are, will, will be, <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: Way over there in the corner somewhere trying to figure out what to do next.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That and w- what
1: pissed me off? Go
0: ahead. No, nah, no, nah, go ahead. No, nah,
1: go. I was going to say, I, even outside of that situation, like one of the things that pissed me off was like before the criticisms of the pen really started floating around, mm-hmm. Um, that first day I went to the grocery store, and I feel like I ran into a lady with a pen on. But this lady, like, wouldn't look me in my face, for real. <laughs> like, wasn't Like, she was acting real awkward. Like, it was just, we had this really weird interaction at the store where it was like, at first, she... Ignore me and couldn't see me, and it was like she kept staring at me. So it's that hyper visible, hyper invisible binary black people are in, where either they don't exist or they over exist, mm-hmm. and they're the point of all your focus and attention. And but she had this pin on, and I was like, "Why the hell do you have this pin on? <laughs> you do not care about me. You are not here for me. Yeah. You're not. You don't like your attitude has not changed. You're just wearing this to feel good about yourself." Mm-hmm. Cause it's trendy, cause it's the end thing to do. But you really have no like literal connection to the message that you're trying to communicate to people. You're not safe. Mm. I don't feel comfortable coming to you. If somebody was harassing me and bullying me, I don't think you would stand up for me, cause you treat me like shit. Mm-hmm. And all we doing is trying to walk in the store and get to get some popcorn. Like, <sighs> I don't understand people.
0: Come on, come on, white people. What? But what? What are black people gonna do now that Trump is president? Doing anything different. hope. that's what I was hoping for. That we would I think you know my bad, go ahead. you know, ramp up the, the organizational efforts that are going on in, in the cities and you know, just being prepared for um whatever really, you know. The good or bad that, that may come but I've no seen one that will organize I've seen a
1: lot of black people go get guns I've mm. been seeing a lot of people on my timelines and stuff like that really go ahead and either get gun licenses, apply for them buy mm-hmm. firearms I mean it's all been through, it's been legal means like a lot of people are really just taking advantage of their rights as citizens especially uh, if a lot of these extremists, white folk are gonna go and have their collection Uh, SWAT teams worth of guns and stuff like that prepared. Mm -hmm. They like cool. I'm gonna go do it too. So that's one of the ways I've seen a lot of black people respond in terms of readiness. I'm scared. Guns Mm. are heavy. They make me feel weird. (laughs) But um, I feel you. I I definitely am here with you. And should I get to that point where I feel like I need one, I definitely am down to get it. Particularly walking around Mm -hmm. here, uh, Anaheim, California.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, know we in the open carry state Seen seen a guy today had his uh pistol on his hip. You
2: know,
0: it's just. You know, never know when when things may turn, but prepare today uh, for tomorrow's success. I heard somewhere, something like it. Yeah. So
1: I just I'm exhausted, but I also think too it's more than just black people getting guns. Mm. Um, I haven't
0: seen that though. I I didn't see that type of reaction. What else? What else you, have you have you saw?
1: Uh, And Like you said, a lot of people rallying around organizations. We saw a lot of marching. We saw a lot of people angry and distressed and protesting. We've seen that all all across the country, and I love that. Um, I've never been one to bag on protests proper. I think they are bad when they don't have a direction after that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think protests should be used and have been used historically to get attention. Uh, The question becomes, once you have the attention, what is the next step? What becomes of this traction that you're getting? Um, And so <clears throat> Excuse me. I think a lot of my questions resolve and lie there. Um, now that you've collected, what's the general message, mm-hmm. right? You gotten all these bodies together. You got in a mass. You got people behind things. Um, and so I want to know what to do. I also want to try to take advantage of linking up with a whole lot more of what's happening around me. And so I'm starting to do my own research about what's happening up in the LA area, so I can start sliding up there and getting and being a part of something that's mm-hmm. just bigger than. Um, sitting by and reporting on and talking about these issues and having smaller conversations. I want to be a part of a larger conversation. So I've I've been seeing just a lot of people generally encourage people to do just that and that's get plugged in with operations and movements around them and not just kind of protest, rah-rah movements, Mm -hmm. institutions. This is a time to go back to teaching young people. This is about educating a a new generation. This is about um, encouraging and inspiring community politics and community engagement connecting organizations and connecting resources with people that gonna need them real real bad once a lot of health clinics and a lot of free health care starts closing down when a lot of uh, educational resources start to dry up a lot of people are planning for that mm-hmm. and trying to just really connect uh people with people so that when the worst of it comes when a lot of budget comes starts cuts start to come when a lot of Tax breaks don't hit the neighborhoods where they should. When a lot of that gentrification keeps going, and a lot of these community spaces end, end up being taken and closed down, what you know we plan for and strategize for in terms of how we keep ourselves intact and we continue to survive and even thrive in those types of conditions. And so I've just seen a lot of the people that I'm connected with, and that I know, and that I don't know, mm-hmm. um, through viral viral material and different things on Tumblr and Snapchat and Twitter, uh, really trying to connect dots. And, and keep keep with stand, each other and stand just be there for each other yeah like not getting mm. tired of no dapple mm. not being quiet about the water in Flint mm. um, not getting lazy in terms of uh, demanding just general educational equality it was a video that came out with a, a teacher in Baltimore a city, a school outside of Baltimore uh, telling some kids that if they don't act right I guess they was acting up in class or whatever they was going to be some niggers um, hard R and so a, a lot of attempts to re-salvage the classroom and, and get back control of of things, but you know, you see it don't stop. Mm. It don't stop. We get a bad president one day, and and and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we heard of another mm. shooting or, yeah. or some ignorant happened here pretty soon. With that case, I also saw that uh the officer who shot uh Fernando Castillo, yeah, was was charged today. We'll see if he's actually he was charged with second degree. Manslaughter. manslaughter. We'll see if he gets
0: convicted. No, but manslaughter though, after the uh the after the DA read that you know it's pretty much just no reason his gun was in his pocket. You know everything that was that came out that we heard about he it, it. He was volunteered. he volunteered The
1: information about having a gun. Yeah. For no, in good faith. And he shot and him seven above. times. Yeah.
0: And they they gave him the least you know the least well, charge. and the
1: reason why what what's stupid is I hate the fact they gave him the least charges but the reason why they said they did the prosecutor was because they wanted to hit him with charges that stick now what does that tell you about how messed up the, mm, the system is I didn't hear that. is that mm. you having a you having a badge uh, automatically whatever you do with it, it it takes you out of the domain of murder because yeah. you had a badge on because you had a um uh a, a uniform on, you couldn't possibly murder someone. It has to be manslaughter, right? Your charges to me Especially when I feel it's so like a black I get body. downgraded. Exactly. But that should that was murder that had murder written all over. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what like, I read, you know, what we heard, it was boom, right there.
1: The prosecutor I think was quoted as saying, no reasonably acting police officer anywhere would think that any of the circumstances r- 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 surrounding that interaction would necessitate daily force. Mm-hmm wouldn't necessitate the, the discharging of a weapon it made a dog on there not even necessitated the, the drawing of a weapon because he volunteered the fact that he had a gun in the vehicle and that he was licensed to carry it he didn't say he was getting it he
2: didn't mm-hmm. say he was reaching
1: for it but one of the things the prosecutor said was the very existence of a gun like in the general vicinity was not a reason to open fire to pull your weapon or to even have it available mm-hmm. like the, the just the fact that a gun is somewhere does not mean it's time to shoot that's not what that means. It just, it's not just like it's food in my refrigerator right now. I mean, ironically it is dinner time for me, but had I, you know, once mm. I eat, I'd be done sat down and ate. It's still food in my kitchen. That don't mean it's time to eat again. Right. Right. Just cause it's food. there, don't mean it's time to eat. Just cause my car's outside. I don't mean, I'm going to jump in and drive around. Right. That's not necessarily one has nothing to do with the other. If you really want to sit back and think. So a gun being there does not necessitate using, um, uh, not even equal, but opposite and extravagant force against this individual. And so I mean
0: he's he not I mean I would love to see him walk walk through uh through them prison gates.
1: I think it's a maximum of twenty years sentence, but that's a max. Mm-hmm. So he gets a conviction and it gets two years of some old bullshit and then here we are back having the same conversation again. Ugh. But I don't know, bottom line is white folk got to get it together and um really what that looks like we've been telling you so to mm. sit here and continue to look to us as being the choir directors the uh ever perpetuated conductors of our own liberation is just disrespectful slap in the face and y'all stupid for in the pins. so mm. uh, I hope you listen
0: I'm glad I ignored it
1: <laughs> I think by now everybody should have backed away from the pins and ran the opposite direction but just in case you're thinking about it don't you put that shit on
0: Mm, You good? Do Do
1: something a little bit more meaningful, please and thank you. Hey, we are about to jump into the next jam. This has been a political chop. I think we talked real good about Trump and his foolishness. Y'all don't be dismayed or discouraged. If y'all, I know y'all didn't vote for him. If you listen to the chop up, I know you didn't vote for Donald Trump. Nah, Uh, but listen, it's gonna be all right. And to guarantee that, we're gonna play some jams just to get us through these moments. Before we jump into. the reality chop. You know what it is. It's a chop up. The name of the song coming up is called Bad Guy, and it comes from two artists representing Omaha, Nebraska. They go by the names of the Midwest Depressed and Bricks. I like this song because the vibe of it is just crazy. I mean, it's a heavy guitar flow mixed in with a content and a message you just feel. So if you like it like I do and you want more, get on SoundCloud and check them out at the Midwest Depressed. SoundCloud.com slash the Midwest Depressed. This is Bad Guy, coming to you live on the Chop Up. Bad music is amazing as g mentioned earlier in the show make sure that if you have a submission be it poetry hip-hop spoken word you got some singing you got some instrumentals bring it to us give it to us we want to play it right here on the chop up the chop up email at gmail.com make sure you send in your submission you feel me hey hey all right g so I, I One of my favorite segments, personally, because it always gets really, really, really real. You know what it is. It's the reality, Chop. And this week, uh for the session, I had a good chance to talk to a friend of mine. Um, you all are kind of only acquaintances. You know each other through the Facebooks and through mm-hmm. some groups and some Tumblr stuff. Uh, but my boy, Jordan, uh representing the Black Wallflower, I had a chance to sit down and talk to him about the project of the Black Wallflower, what he's up to, and particularly um, about... Uh, the mental health of young black people and young people of color right now that's really out here trying to get in. We had a great conversation. Um what do you what do you what do you think about the current state of black mental health and, and where we are with that issue in society?
0: Um I think it's something that we definitely need to be more comfortable talking about. Uh something in in my life I've been uh, looking to improve. So I'm really excited that Jordan is um Joining you to sit down and uh, and talk about mental health as as far as people, black people, young black people, um, disenfranch- and disenfranchised, you know,
1: especially after this election, I think mm-hmm. everybody's mental mental kind of took a little blow. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's a relevant conversation.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So I'm i really excited that, that uh, Jordan is joining us, and ever since you told me about the Black Wildflower, I've been it's been very intriguing to check the post, and it's very very educating and very, uh, stimulating. So
1: well, shoot, let's let the stimulation flow. I got a chance to sit down with Jordan and have a brief conversation, do a little back and forth just to get some more insight about what the black Wildflower is up with or up to. And rather, I want to, uh, just let you all take a peek into the conversation that we have. We'll vibe real quick and we'll be right back. All right. What's up y'all. I am, uh, sitting down and having the amazing opportunity to talk to my homie, Jordan representing NYC. What's up, Jordan? What's
5: good. What's good, Toya? What's good, everybody? How are y'all? Uh,
1: Hopefully everybody good. It's just me and you right now because Cam G is uh, in the Dallas, Texas chilling out waiting to hear back from our interaction. But I wanted to sit down and talk to you right now mostly because um, I think especially in light of the kid cutty issue that we had a couple weeks ago, but not only that, but just generally society right now being wild, wow, there is a unique need for what you double dabble in, and that is uh looking at and taking a closer look at black people and their emotional and mental health and so um, I was hoping to say just kind of pick your your brain a little bit about the black wallflower. Um, it is a new idea and concept. It's an evolving project that I've seen pop up on Facebook. Yeah. I know you got the Tumblr out there. Um, it's I all types out. of appendages to it, blogs and stuff going on. We got the homie Nate, um, holding down, um, the other half of it and really doing That's things. I, I want to ask you more about the black wallflower. So first and foremost, first and foremost, rather, uh, what is it? What, what, what is the black wallflower? Uh,
5: the black wallflower, like one day, uh, Nate, like, cause Nate lives in Baltimore. But, like, Nate and I have been chilling for a while, for, like, a year or so through debate or whatever. And, like, one day Nate put on Facebook, he was like, yo, who's trying to start a blog with me? And I remember, because, like, I was, like, I was sitting on the toilet, like, oh, shit, I was scrolling through my Facebook. (laughs) I was like, damn, I'm trying to start a blog. Like, this nigga's real. Like, I really want to start a blog. Like, I think that, like, it's something that, you know, I have a lot to say. Instead of just using Facebook, I was like, maybe we could create a blog, figure it out. So I hit Nate up in his inbox and was like, yo, we should start a blog. And Nate and, Nate, and Nate and I was talking, we was like, yo, we should start a blog about, like, blackness and mental health. And then once he said that, it, like, all kind of clicked in my head because, like, for, like, you know, being black, you kind of go through a bunch of things that happen to you because you're black and that affect your mental health. Like, you know, whether for Nate it's, like, him being a black kid in Baltimore, for me, like, being somebody who's black in New York City, but also being someone who's black that goes to school in upstate New York in Binghamton. It was like, it took a toll on my mental health when I first got here. It was like, it put me in a situation which I didn't really understand, like, one, how is it that the world is like articulating itself towards me because I'm black? And like, how is it that like, I'm supposed to like, I guess, perform in the world because I'm black? And like, what does that look like to, I guess, to be, uh, to produce like a cohesive environment for myself and the people around me? So then- uh so then nate and i was just like we should create a blog and nate already had the name for it nate actually created the name black wallflower and i was like that's fine. like nate created the name and like it was just something that he really like wanted to do and it was perfect because it just like made sense and there's a tattoo on nate's neck that has like a flower coming out of it and mm-hmm. um the tattoo on his neck is kind of like kind of like it's like the the idea for like the idea the of black wallflower comes from like kind of the tattoo on his neck and also the idea that like Black folks are the black are the black flowers that grow from like the walls, the cracks in the wall kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. there was just a focus on like even though we are flowers, we're grown and we're still black wall flowers that are still able to grow and flourish kind of thing. Right on.
1: And so you specifically, I mentioned, I think in that explanation that is designed for individuals black folk in particular who are looking for like that emotional outlet i think it's like dope in the things that i've seen because it explores Uh, Like emotional and mental health outside of the ramifications of like a diagnosis. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people um, are skeptical about questions of mental health and skeptical about talking about their mental health because they feel like the bottom line of it is I have to sit down in front of somebody with a white coat and somebody has to tell me something's wrong with me and then somebody prescribes me some type of medication that's going to do this and that to me and make me feel some type of way and I don't really want to do those things to expose myself. But I really think having these types of conversations in these spaces gets a away from attaching a mental health to a question of ever going inside of a doctor's office because it deals with the day-to-day right y'all are having day-to-day conversations and dealing with day-to-day people and day-to-day circumstances that really shape the landscape for how people feel but I I think you, you you start talking real uh interestingly when you talk about um this need to just connect with being the black flowers that grow out of cracks, that grow out of those crevices, that grow out of those interesting places that most people either don't that care about, don't think about, or underestimate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really vibe with that.
5: Like, what's crazy about it is, I guess, like, when the, uh, the black wallflower first started, like, I didn't, I kind of didn't, I just thought about it as a project that would, like, be a quick little month, two project. It wasn't really something that, like, I assumed that we can, like, I guess, make a connection around this, like the united states pretty much because like now we have a network of people who like of over like 200 people or whatever who are literally like have never met each other but are still having discussions with each other about like like somebody will post in the group that we have and be like yo i'm having a bad day like what is it that y'all do to get through this bad day and there's will legit be like 60 different people that just respond whether it be like memes music like whether it be like paintings or just sending like good energy good vibes type of stuff like it's things like that that kind of like just allow for people to create to like feel as if they're around a community of people even though like you could be in new york city and you never met somebody living all the way in california or living yeah somewhere, or you like can wherever be, you know
1: and maybe a group of people or in a circle where you feel like you're familiar you know what i mean like it's yeah. really interesting how alienating it can be to be around people and be around and in circumstances and it's a lot of movement around it's a lot of you know, shuffling and cooing in and going out going on, but you don't really feel like you were part of that, you know? So to reach out into these spaces and, and feel that connection is, is wow. Like it's, it's, really interesting.
5: Definitely. It's one of those, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where Nate and I realized that even though like I, for instance, I haven't seen Nate since we like brought up this black wallflower project. Like I dead, haven't seen my man's in mad long, but right. like, it's one of those things where like, even though I haven't, <laughs> You would never know it. Like, even though I haven't seen my man's in man long, like, you would never know it. Because, like, the black wallflower is what allows us to just, like, we have a point where we could just sit down and, like, I, whether it's, like, on our computers or phones or whatever, whether we FaceTime or whatever, just sit down and have conversations. To ask, like, what do, what are we going through that we think other people are going through? And how is it so that we could, like, bridge the gap? Because, like, I'm open about whatever happens on Facebook. Nate's open about whatever happens about most of the stuff that happens in our lives and on Facebook or whatever. So like not, not everybody wants to be that open. So I guess we, we decide to have conversations as to like, how is it that we can put ourselves in situations that allow people to have discussions about like when, about their mental health, like when Nate's writing, when Nate's sitting down and writing about like his relationship to his, to like Baltimore as a black kid, like that's something that like, even though like I'm not from Baltimore, I'm from New York city, like there's relationships to the, to those, to like the way in which he lives his, his life because he's black. Like, his parents treat him a certain, like, his, his relationship with his parents is because he is a black child, like, those relationships occur, and most black people can relate to those relationships where their parents are, like, oh, like, whether it be, like, being queer is weird, be, being queer is weird, or whether it be, like, a, a resistance to, like, you going outside, or, like, trying to keep you inside the home because that's just what, like, some black parents decide to do, or whatever, but it's one of those things where, like, we can just, we've just figured out a way to, like, put our emotions into a project that's kind of like at this point just on Facebook, I guess like mostly like the major aspect of the project is just on Facebook because Mm. we are like in the, like in the works of making a website or whatever. But I think because it's just based on Facebook, we figured out ways to like use all our friend groups and kind of have our friend groups meet online, but never really meet each other. Like our world's, are, like, colliding in a very interesting way. For instance, like, there's people at my university and people, like, from, like, that live in New York City that are having discussions with people in debate that, like, wouldn't, that's a, a gap that, like, has never been bridged before, you know? like
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a couple of friends inside of the group myself that's just, like, I was just like, hey, we had this conversation. I really feel like this space might be a good place for you to either pick up some good energy and good vibes or pick up some of the jams that's going on or like you said some of just the many things that are being posted and shared across the board and even a lot of the intimate conversations Uh, that makes me think about something like I think you would talk for a second about bridging gaps and how um, it allowed for you to fill voids and really be that conduit and that centerpiece between relationships and just you know how people are feeling. Uh, do you think that there's a need right now specifically in light of the election, in light of a lot of things going on um, socially in terms of Black Lives Matter movements, in terms of entire uh, exclusive list of people who can't be allowed in this country in terms of transgender bathroom laws? It's a lot
4: yeah. happening
1: around us. Do you feel like you know there's a unique need right now for this type of thing or do you really feel like um it's it's just filling a void that has already been there or
5: both Uh, i think that uh i think it's filling a unique need that has never really been addressed before because for instance like there's never has never been a space in which black people can or black people and people of color can have a discussion in which like they can have a discussion about one whether it be mental health sexuality music like uh street fashion, whatever it may be, that's actually run yeah. by Black people. Like, for instance, there's all these, like, there's a bunch of media outlets that give us information about Black people, but aren't run by Black people, or those stories aren't written by Black people. So, like, you have Vice, you have, like, uh, the you have Vice, you have, like, the Fed, you have all these, like, media, I guess, media outlets that talk about, like, Blackness, talk about Black music, talk about mental health, but aren't from Black perspectives. So, like, our goal is to pretty much fill the void that has never been filled before, where that can allow Black people and Black creatives to just come and, I guess, one, like, create a space in which we can showcase their work for to the mm-hmm. public, showcase, like, you know, whether it be dancing, whether it be art, whether it be uh, public speaking, whatever that work may be, any way in which a Black person can, like, perform themselves to the world is something that we'd want to show to people because that performance that that Black person does makes them feel good about something. Like, they it, right. it lets them you know, like get through the day and get through the violence, get through whatever the hell. It's life-affirming. It's life-affirming,
1: and I think that's a whole lot of what needs to happen around us is just a a big 10 for a big nod, a big wink and gun, a big something that lets people know that their existence is relevant and matters. It's it's important in that there's a space for it, Um, even if it's not one that you can physically reach out and touch, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I think that in and of itself is just – It's powerful. And for that to be a nationwide movement, I think says a whole lot about what people need. You know what I'm saying? People want this. People are are asking and in need of like systems and structures to combat the systems and structures. You know what I'm saying? And systematically, I think using platforms like Facebook, like the Tumblr, like the the soon to come website, all become like necessary components to, to people getting through their day to day for sure.
5: Like, it's funny, because, like, people see me around, like, whether it be, like, campus or, like, my friends from high school, whoever it may be, and they're like, yo, you just be wilding on Facebook or, like, spitting facts on Facebook, whatever (laughs) it may be. But it's like, yeah, that's probably true. Like, I probably do be wilding on Facebook, but, like, whatever. I don't really care. Like, that's irrelevant. But I think that, like, what it does, it just allowed people to see that, like, I'm just, like, a regular, real-ass nigga. Like, this is just who I am. And I think, like, because of that, it allowed the Black Wallflower to just kind of, like, be... I guess, like, an authentic experience for, like, one, because Nate and I, like, we attempt to, like, bring our lives to the Facebook world, whatever, just because, like, we don't have Twitter, like, we just use, like, I don't write, I don't have a journal, so, like, Facebook is just kind of like that, like, (laughs) online journal shit, like, whatever, so, like, you know, we just, we were just hoping that, due to us being open and honest on our Facebook, that it would allow other people to feel like they could be open and honest, and just, like, not, like, just say what you say, say how you feel. Like, even the other day, even if it means that, like, the Black Wallflower just on some funny shit, like, some, like, Everett posted in the group, he was like, yo, let's start a Kermit Frogs meme page or whatever. And, like, yo, that shit honestly was one of the greatest things ever. Like, it was just a great experience just to, like... Just because every, like, just because there was no way that day that I could be sad because everybody everybody was just posting hilarious memes. Like, the memes have just been so funny. And it's, like... And also, like, I guess... We figured out different ways to talk about mental health without, I guess, talking about mental health or like, mental how is health, it so that sure. like, how is it so that we deal with it? Cause like a Kermit frog meme post seems funny and whatever, and seems kind of redundant or mundane, but it actually just allows us to like, if you're feeling bad or whatever about your day, you just look at these hella memes and hella people talking, bullshitting about these memes that haven't seen each other in mad long, but like still chilling on the internet I act like ain't, like ain't no time pass.
1: Yeah. I mean, and in those, sometimes in those moments, you do just need time to stand still, right? It's a lot moving. It's a lot going on. You already feel like time to standing still, so why, why not find a little glimpse of joy or, or you know laughter or just you know whatever and i mean not to mention the commentary on it you know it's just you can readily and apparently see not only are people posting things but people are enjoying yeah. this moment it's like you in a room with some spades going with some jams going yeah just just kicking back with your folks just laughing about some foolishness yeah um through memes you know what i'm saying which is definitely, i think just yeah. a, a shout out to our generation you know for coming up with yeah, these things that really capture life a whole lot of times and I mean sometimes
5: they be too real they be too real these Kirby (laughs) memes are too real the Kirby memes are just too real
1: Speaking speaking of, of too real, um, I want to get to you. You talked about you and Nate kind of get into this endeavor together, and Nate really wanted to do the blog and tip and, and pull a whole lot of the words and sentiments and perspectives together in that form. But you seem to take like more of a musical pivot to it. That's always a component of what we talk about with the Black Wallflower. It's kind yeah, of yeah. conversation. It's people engaging, but it's also always some anthem, some jam, some mixtape, some something, yeah. some playlist that accompanies uh what people are working through and dealing with so what's what's the reason behind that what's your angle with music what's what's up with Jordan and the jams talk to me about that
5: for me I guess like I used to uh I don't know I used to like assume that like oh we like an old hip-hop had like music can only be like niggas gotta talk about real shit like if you're not talking about like if you're not talking about what's going on in the world the struggle or whatever you're not really doing nothing for what you know that's how I used to feel But then I guess as I got older, I started to realize that all music created by, you know, people, but specifically Black people and people of color, is telling you a story in which that, like, they've literally lived this experience, and through this experience they've gotten whatever it is that this artist may have gotten or whatever. But also through this, they also talk about, like, how is it so that, like, if an artist goes through a death in the family or one of their friends passes away, how is it that they get over that death? And how is it that, like, the artist is truly to explain to you, like my nigga's dead but like what does it mean now that my friend has died and how is it so that like we live life together knowing that we can die at any point in time which is really just these artists having a discussion of like social life within social death without using the word social death like you know when you like it's just like i guess it made me realize that we can bridge the gap between how are we feeling and what is it that like we listen to to then make to then i guess help it be more coherent to ourselves like for instance like recently i've been listening to um this Saba mixtape, and Saba is this rapper who was on, um, like, Chance the Rapper's song, Angels, and he just dropped a, uh, um, a mixtape, what's the name of this mixtape? No, not a mixtape, sorry, an album called Bucket List Project, and the album's just literally about, like, his bucket list, like, the, the, you know, the bucket list, things he wanted to do before he dies, and it made me, it, the album helped me realize that, there's one skit on the album where he's talking, he's like, I just want to drop a project, even if nobody listens to it, the idea that I could just drop a project, and I think that, yeah. like, You know, you listen to an album, it's like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, but like little five second clips of that stick with you and allow you to just realize that like shit will be like, you know, as long as you can, I guess shit will be all right. Like music kind of helps me, music really helps me realize that like, I'm going to be all right. Because like, if these niggas are going to be all right, I'm going to be all right. And it helped like literally Kid Cudi literally has stopped me from doing some crazy things to people. Like there's been instances (laughs) where I've been mad at people and I'll sit down listen to some like Kid Cudi, some Mr. Rager or whatever it may be. And like, it'll allow me to like put a scope on my life and just allow me to sit back and think like, and you know, which I'm grateful for because Kid Cudi is literally telling people his life and explaining his depression or whatever and putting that on a song for you to listen to. So it's like, you know, when I, especially specifically when I was in high school, Kid Cudi dropped like uh, man on the moon one and two. And it was just crazy. Cause like, that's how I thought as a high school student. So, you know, to now, you see, like, now you see artists, like, for instance, like, you have artists like Lil Yachty, who people are, like, don't really talk about much, but, like, he really is talking about something. I don't really think he's a great rapper, but I think that, like, he's having a discussion where, like, this is what makes him feel good. This is how he heals around the world. And, like, people should just respect how he, like, this is an art that he heals, that helps him heal. And, like, it helps other people heal because they find humor in his music. I think that, like, his music makes them feel happy. So, like, it also... The black wallflower also just allowed me to realize that like music and happiness can literally come. From I ain't never
1: heard anything. nobody really try to break down Lil Yachty like that. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm sitting here really like, thinking about what she's saying. Like I gotta give respect to Lil Yachty, but I, I can understand like, and fathom a, a world where that is possible where this is the message, the larger message. I mean, that he's like, to articulate, it,
5: it's like, it's like like I was just I was listening to Common's new album today, which is like it's fire. I forgot what song I was listening to, but Common was having a discussion of like the prison industrial complex and like how it takes you away from the home all this stuff like crack or whatever i was like damn this is real but right but it's like migos and all these niggas like they have the same analysis of like there's an analysis of the prison industrial complex and an analysis that occurs of like real shit that people want to talk about it's just Mm. it just happens in a very different way like a very like I'm not saying that like Lil Yachty's on my iPod or these people on my iPod, but what I'm saying is like I think that it allows it allows them to one heal because like they are black folk. That's probably that probably before they pop, before they got popping was living black life and was having crazy like crazy things were happening to them. Like they they had no money. They was eating mail sandwiches, whatever it may be, doing whatever like
1: <laughs> mail sandwiches, dorm? doing
5: whatever. My dad, I don't. You know how I feel about mail.
1: I know how you feel about but that. Whatever.
5: That's, what like, that's what my dad be saying. He said he ate mayo sandwiches out of the damn you wilder. but whatever.
1: Uh, bless your father.
5: I know, that's that's a, that's a real one. But um I even it's funny because even yesterday, I was like watching um a Tupac interview, like uh, a Tupac interview where like Angie Martinez was talking about how she was having an interview with Tupac when she was twenty two that she never released because she thought the the interview was literally gonna get people killed. So it's oh. interesting. It was it was crazy to see how like now obviously Tupac is no longer alive but like yeah. the impact that Tupac has because Tupac was able to literally break down what goes on in the world around people to break it down in a way that anybody could understand it like you don't have to go to school like you don't yeah. have to like you don't even have to know how to read and Tupac and other artists are still able to break certain still able to break things down and break down black life and still talk about the beauties of black life while still like admitting you know, like whatever happens to black people is real. They still have, there's still these admissions, you know?
1: Definitely. I mean, and I think that's one of the aspects of music that I guess I underestimate, and I think people underestimate is that the bottom line, of, outside of the message of the music, is the articulation of black life. And if we're to believe in this multiplicity of blackness, right, the fact that there is no one right or wrong way to be black, to do black, to live black, to experience blackness, and to maximize that black life, then, I mean, I think it's reasonable that we start to be a whole lot more reflective and think bigger about a lot of these components of what people are saying, Um Particularly, if we find ourselves trying to judge the state of black people, like you're seeing it. If you're upset about it, that's a gauge, right? It's a, thermo- it's, it's a a thermometer, if you will, right? It is telling you the temperature of where black people are right now. The sustenance that black folk have is in a lot of material things, right? They're finding their value and their worth in a couple different ways. One of it is showing uh, their craft and like you were talking about with Lil yachty you know making people happy and doing his thing and just kind of living and being free. And the other half of it might be in just trying to get what they can.
5: Like all this man Lil Yachty do he's like, I just want peace and to eat some pizza. Like huh. and I could vibe with that. Like I'm a vibe with that. Like I vibe with that. Like you want peace <laughs> I mean ever since
1: ever pizza. since he said he could just get on a song and be like, yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and as long as they bob into it he don't care and that's hip-hop and he ain't gotta have a c16 i felt some type of way about that man i am not I felt some type
5: of way about that too i felt some type of way about that too i really felt i felt some type of way but i was like damn he really wilding like let it just make sense but then i kind of thought about it and i was like if it is true that like black there is not like a monolithic thing of what blackness is then why are we to assume that like there's a monolithic thing of black art that black people can produce that is only one thing and has to be boxed into one thing. Like, sure, it's like hip hop or like, yeah, there's old hip hop heads that like want Common, want A Tribe Called Quest, want all these like recreations of all these rappers and all these rappers are great. But I think that like, if it is true that like there's multiplicities of blackness like we was just talking about, like then it would only make sense that those multiplicities would then be exhibited in music. Like it would would only make sense. Like, it would only yeah, make, it yeah. would, like, it would only make sense, like, if, like, if all these, like, if all these, what all these people say is true, then it would only make sense that, like, rap sounds different from p- person to person, like, you know?
1: Wow. Well, I mean, that's not, that's, that's no lost told right there, and I mean, I, I think if we call ourselves, if we ever really want to call ourselves conscious, um, or whatever, that's supposed to mean, and I use my air quotes when I say that, because, I, I mean, you. it's, very much colloquial is very much arbitrary it's gonna mean something different to whoever decides yeah. to use that type of language but if you are to you know be with the know and know what we mean when we talk about blackness these are the same people who you have to you know be skeptical of their criticisms of queerness or they're skeptical of their acceptance of uh black women as yeah, you know centerpieces definitely. or at the forefront of a lot of movements right these are the same logics that we have to be leery of and wary of um in our attempts to to fathom Bigger conceptions of blackness and to move toward higher goals. You know what I'm saying? It's to really let everybody have a shine. I mean, yeah. that's that's part and parcel with the movement. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and so push. I can respect it, particularly when it speaks to where people are psychologically and where they feel like they are socially because of how they see themselves represented um, in the media around them. I, I think mean, that, that there are some big connections to be made there too.
5: Yeah, like shit. I can't draw. I can't like rap. I don't do. I can't do no poetry. Like none of that is me. I just like did me, and then, like, we, like, Nate and I tried to, like, create this space in which attempts to, like, encapture the multiplicities of blackness that, and, like, show other black people that, like, there's no such thing as, like, one thing of being black, like, you could be black and fuck with anime, you could be black and think anime is trash, but really like, (laughs) like, and really like sports, or you could be whatever you want, like, you could do whatever you want, but uh, what happens is because there's a one definite, like, because, the society tells us there's one definition of blackness oftentimes if black people don't fit that definition they feel as if like black people are ostracizing them or feel as if they're not black enough or people are questioning their blackness and like you know these are things that some people go through and some people don't but rather like we just is like like black people is everywhere and can come from anything and be anything so like we just think that like there's not one condition or one monolithic version of what it means to be black i guess but that also doesn't uh, mean that also doesn't mean that like white people like Rachel Dozelle could pull up and be like I'm black like that nah cause like nah, none of that stuff like none of right. that stuff yeah, like none that, of that that doesn't fly with the like, movement no none of that stuff we we not doing none of that stuff we just nah. yeah none of that stuff
1: <laughs> I mean I I, I I love it because it keeps it real and it's it's connected to reality in that sense to where it's not really gonna let a whole bunch of uh, misleading misguided people going to infiltrate what needs to be a strong positionality of black people but i love it because it's very simple right i think we take for granted how logical it is for you to say things like you can just come in here and be you can just come in here and exist and it seems very odd, it's like wow, you don't need a space to say that, you don't need these types of platforms to say that but you'd be surprised about how effective and how necessary having a domain where that's just the lay of the land, right, that's just the rules is that you do you and we do us and we do that together at the same time as much as it may be compatible or incompatible, it's just a whole bunch of black folks just living and being and existing and surviving and not just that but thriving which is what I've seen in my my takeaways from the Black Wallflower is that it's giving people tools and the capacity to really just push forward and push through, you know what I'm saying, and do so um, in a way that makes them feel loved and supported, so I'm I'm with it, let me, let me, I think we we about to close it out, but I want to ask, you had talked about a project coming up that you were thinking about doing And I wanted to know just generally if you had anything you wanted to leave with people concerning the Black Wallflower, what you're up to um, in terms of emotional and um, and mental health. Just, just what do you have to say to the people, Jordan? Let us know. Talk to Uh,
5: us. I guess like the Black Wallflower is just we're just trying to I guess now expand from like what we have on Facebook to a website, and then figure out ways that like we could turn it into the we could turn the Black Wallflower into a media collective of Black folk that kind of just do things for black folk meaning like instead of vice instead of like noisy instead of fader new york times all these people writing up articles and like trying to put black people on interviewing black artists like going on tour with black artists whatever that may be like we think that we would have we can have those like the goal is to have those discussions with black artists so for instance like pull up on Common and, and like, ask, like, wait, this would be a future thought, but, like, pull up on Common or other, like, artists, like, small artists, like No Name Gypsy or whatever, I'm sorry, excuse me, No Name, and ask them, like, what is it, what does this music mean to you and how does it help you, like, how does this, how is this this music explain your Black experience? Like, what does that mean for you? That's one of the things that we're trying to, like, work on in the future. How is it that we can, I guess, have artists explain their music more and explain how their music helps them through, like, a battle with mental health because there's a, a stigma of mental health, and we're trying to break down that stigma that, like, everybody has mental health issues. Like, this is a thing that occurs.
1: If people wanted to start to get a, a, a become a part of a black Wallflower, or participate or just talk or give their views on maybe their music and black mental health and how they're using their apparatuses and their mediums as a way to kind of deal with that, how would they get in contact with you? Like, I know you got the Tumblr. Like, what's the best way to, like, plug with y'all and get with the black Wallflower?
5: It would either be the Tumblr or through, uh, <coughs> or through one of our Facebooks, I guess. Until we until we get this website up and popping, um, I guess face. I probably like the website or Facebook would probably be one of the easier ways.
1: So what's are, the Tumblr?
5: The Tumblr is um, at Black Wallflower, uh backslash. I think at Tumblr, I believe.
1: Okay, oh, right. so if you get on Tumblr, you should just be able to search the Blackwallflower
5: though and find it. Yeah, it should, um, yeah it pops up once you get on Tumblr. Yeah.
1: Definitely. So check out that Tumblr because I know content is is always basically moving through there. But a lot of the blog posts, a lot of the music and playlists or whatever end up there. So so definitely check out that Tumblr. Um, what is up with the we hate mayo situation? What is what is the situation with that?
5: So <laughs> me, my brother, and this kid Sam, one of my friends Sam, we're trying to start a web series called either called some called I Hate Mayo because I really do not like mayo. Like I, yeah. it's just not my thing. Whatever.
1: We know, and I made follow made, Jordan on any medium.
5: I made this public, uh, and people social, people have had Jordan issues. I
1: not bang with the mayonnaise.
5: People have had issues. That I don't bang with the mayonnaise. Like it's whatever. Later. But Later. um, but I guess the concept of the show is kind of going to be like something like a, a a weekly review where whatever happened during the week, we have like my brother and I get together, film it, talk about it, just <laughs> chill, whatever. And also at the same time have a review of, like, you know, black-owned businesses, black-owned restaurants, um, Uh and, you know, put that out there so that people that follow the Black Wallflower can visit these black restaurants, and also so these black restaurants and black businesses can get some sort of, like, whether it be publicity or just get some sort of following, you know? Because, like, all black people should figure out ways in which to connect with each other, and we just think that, like, the internet now being, the age of information being the way it is, you can literally connect with people from, like, Snapchat posts, Facebook posts, whatever it may be, so even if it's like, like literally the day after Trump was elected, people were like, yo, I'm feeling, I don't feel that well. Like, you know, the world, a lot's going on in the world. Anybody want to FaceTime, Snapchat or whatever, have a conversation. And literally people are responding back and forth saying, yeah, we could talk. What's your number? That never met with each other. So I think that like where we're, the goal is kind of just to break down the stigma specifically between black people and people of color to have a discussion about mental health. It shouldn't have to take like Kid Cudi going to rehab to have, to start a conversation about black people and mental health. You know, we think for that sure. like, it's great that he's getting rehab, but that should, that it's like, the conversation should be pushed further than that. Because oftentimes mm-hmm. black people try to push mental health back into like, push it back into the realm of like, oh, we don't have mental health issues. Just pray, you know, but it's like, you, you can't pray that you can't. Mental health is just not something that you could pray upon. It's like, you know, for sure so it's one of those things that we think that like, we hope it continues to grow. We love all the support that we get and continue, and hope to get any future support, whatever that may be. And also, at some point, like, maybe think about, like, um, dropping, like, shirts and whatever. Like, I, I have a shirt that like, I created that we're trying to figure out, like, how to get this shirt printed and whatever. But that's kind of a whole different ballgame, you know? Then um, I just recently wrote a piece uh, about, like, um, this time I was in Florida at some debate tournament and, like, you know, a crazy crazy ass anti-black experience occurred to me and whatever and kind of like reoriented my view of the world and like changed my view of everything pretty much you know so I, i just finished right i just wrote the piece you know i'm working on the second draft now hopefully it's out by like the end of this week you know end of this weekend but um
1: well put it on put it on definitely make sure the facebook group is out there uh, the black wallflower and there's
5: a wordpress the black wallflower wordpress
4: also
1: the the wordpress the black Flower uh, uh the black wallflower wordpress and also the black wallflower tumblr so as the shirts come out as uh your reflections on this florida trip come out like all of that stuff is going to be there my vision um and, and what i hope to continue to see is that there are more and more curators of, of a lot of this material um so if you are listening And you feel like what Jordan is really talking about is something that you're interested in. I'm telling y'all, do not miss out on what the Black Wallflower is putting out. And don't miss out on the opportunity to connect with these awesome, awesome individuals who are really out here trying to connect the dots in terms of what we know about uh, mental and emotional health for our black people. That's really real out here. Jordan.
5: Anybody that wants to write, do write rap. If you write rap, if you make cartoons, draw pictures, whatever, take pictures, whatever. Hit us up and there's like literally a spot for whoever any black person that does whatever. Like there's like we're gonna try to get that work out there, whatever it may be, have a discussion, whatever. Like whoever it is, just hit us up. Let us know.
1: The black wildflower. It's out here. It's really real. Jordan, I appreciate you sitting down and talking to me for real. I definitely no problem.
5: do. Thank you, Toya. You the best.
1: Hey, we out here. I appreciate it. You know what it is. It's the chop up. We're gonna take it back uh to the show. We are. All right, y'all. This has been an episode of the Chop Up. We just wrapped up with the Black Wallflower, and we're wrapping up the entire show. We've had a great time. Yes, indeed. Um, We've talked about a lot, covered a lot, nostalgia, uh, and looking back at everything we've been through. We talked about a little bit of the Trump scenario, and you know, mental health is of the utmost importance. So make sure you check out the Black Wallflower, both on Tumblr and on Facebook, if you get the chance, because they got some hot content. Hey. Uh, G. Eat good.
0: Feel good, feel Thanksgiving good. Thanksgiving
1: is coming. Feel good, look good. Hey, we good.
0: I'm good over here. Yo, hey. we wrapping up. I think so. Yo, shout out to to TB and James Jones.
1: Friends for life.
0: Yo, that's 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 the people. So the squad. we we finishing up our twelfth episode. I I really can't believe it. Uh, it's, it's been well over a year. We started. About a year, we got a almost uh, about dead. a year ago, yeah, yeah. And and I feel like uh, I want to acknowledge TB and James Jones because they were definitely uh, intricate and in getting, in getting this thing started and off the ground. So, I, this it's on the street, yeah, this wouldn't be a chopper if it wasn't for y'all. So,
1: hey, we love y'all,
0: love y'all, appreciate you, and everybody that's listening, we love y'all too, appreciate y'all listening, appreciate the uh. The feedback, the comments, the sharing, all that. The phone calls, uh, the know, likes. Yeah, everything. We appreciate Ooh, love it. Love the likes. Yeah. Some people be <laughs> shy. Y'all be y'all be listening, checking it out, if y'all don't like it. We we need those. You know how it is out here. Yeah, hey, we still love you. And we yeah. we're thankful
1: for you. More yes. importantly.
0: Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Another successful episode. We out this thing. It's the chopper. Peace.
0: This is the chopper, this is the chopper, this is the chopper, and no one can do it. live. Up. my name is KMG, the coolest, allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G, and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the west coast, but still gonna keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically cause on the mic, on the phone, we have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media and you can chop up any day cause you can stream us in any place and then I say I was KMG the coolest, had to reel you in if you never knew us, straight from Dallas, Texas making OG maneuvers and this is a recording with no one.